Welcome to today's episode of Retail Initiative, the podcast for retail entrepreneurs to learn, grow, and be inspired. Today we have Paul Landry from both Lightspeed and Crossover Comics. Paul is in a in a unique position and someone I was so excited to talk to because um, not only does he get to work at Lightspeed, which is a company that I've worked with for years now and my other job at Streamline Retail, but he also owns Crossover Comics. So at Lightspeed, he's a business development executive, which means that he works with retailers that are searching for a cloud-based point of sale or e-commerce solution and helping them identify the right tools. But he also owns a retail business in Montreal. And because of this, because he gets to work with retailers day in and day out, and is a retailer himself, he really is in a unique position to provide a lot of insights that I think that you'll be able to take away and learn. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. We're going to get right into it. You know, we all, assuming that you are like most Americans um, or Canadians, I guess we're in Canada today, you probably have a Netflix subscription and you see um, Marvel, everything all over Netflix, the Avengers movies, they're huge, obviously Batman movies. Um, These movies have all been massive. And I think we're seeing this resurgence of if I'm honest, kind of like a nerd culture of things like Comic-Con and this whole industry that's booming. Um, but it, it all came from books. It all came from a type of store that in a lot of ways we're hearing about the decline of. And, you know, like Barnes & Noble isn't exactly known for it thriving and it doing well. Borders bookstores are gone. They're completely out of business. By and large, bookstores are gone as Amazon has just... If there's any industry that it is destroyed, um, bookstores, I think, are at the, at the front end of it. And so we talk to people and we hear from people that are interested in starting a, a bookstore um, as an independent retailer. And today, I mean, this is a unique conversation. I think if anyone is going to have really good insight as to the nuances of starting a bookstore, but then in your other role that we'll get into also the ways that technology plays into that and some of the ways that you you've used that you know if people think that bookstores even comic book stores which is i think what we'll get into those are dying because amazon's destroying them like what are you what are you doing with that like what does it look like for you to be a thriving retailer in that world yeah i mean that's a really really good question josh and it's a tough one to unpack a lot of times two things that are really important one if a lot of other competitors are dying that's a great opportunity for you to sweep in and also eat up some of their customers, right? And then the second thing is when it comes to bookstores, I think there's a really large misunderstanding about what technology has done to bookstores specifically. So a lot of people think of downloading books on a Kindle, on an iPad, and having that be your main route to reading. For traditional novels, that might be true. With graphic novels, you have you know, what you called uh, like nerd culture, right? First off, we prefer yeah. ge- geek chic. Right? <laughs> so geek chic is what we call it. And so... With that, people want to be uh, like surrounded by others that are like them, and they want recommendations beyond a Netflix algorithm or beyond just a suggested purchase off of Amazon because these purchases, you know, I might like one type of a book and Amazon thinks I might like uh, another type based on what I bought, but it's a very, very personal thing, you know, picking up a book, especially a comic book, the art plays into it, the writing plays into it, the lineage of the characters you're reading about play into it. So there's still very much a space, I think, in North America for people to walk into a bookstore and learn a lot from the staff that's there, but also learn from the other customers. And you don't have those other customers shopping online. Shopping online is a very solitary experience a lot of the times. 
even though there are ways to mitigate that and make it seem like a really busy, popular site. You know, when you're shopping online, you check out, you're alone, and and that's it. There's no real mm-hmm. feedback on the purchase. There's no real advice like, oh, how'd you like the other one that you bought last week? You know, and so so much of what we do at our store is based around trying to get the customer to come back not just once, but twice, three times, four times. And that's a real challenge. Yeah, I bet that is. And, you know, I want to dive more into that, but I do have to ask, like, first, how long have you been in business? Yeah, so we opened October 2012, so six years. We just celebrated our six-year anniversary, actually. Well, congrats. Thanks. Um, I mean, it had to seem like kind of a crazy idea. Like, where did the idea come from and what inspired launching? Yeah, uh, the backstory to it, sort of our, our comic book origin story would be this. Uh, I've always worked in software and sales, and a lot of times it was in retail, so I have retail experience. And then I've got three partners in total. One of them managed a comic book store for eight years before we opened, and he really wanted to do his own thing. He had a lot of ideas that weren't being implemented, and he really saw an opportunity to, to blow up, but he wanted to blow up with his own money and with his own brand. And then uh, my third partner is a library technician. We sell a lot of books to libraries. It's like the equivalent of a corporate sale for us, really. you know. And our last partner is an events coordinator, and we do a lot of events to keep people coming back because just building on that idea that shopping online is a solitary experience and that being in a store should give you a sense of personality. We have so many events going on from book club to board game nights to events for kids. uh, And we felt it was really important to have that event component to it. So when the four of us started talking about the idea of opening up a store, we thought, you know, what kind of store would we want to do? Mm -hmm. And we just included one that had all the stuff we'd want to see when we walk into a store. So clothing, like some handmade stuff, like handmade magnets, pins, stuff that we can do kind of like to represent our DIY ethic. And then also a lot of books and a lot of really good customer service board games. That is awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, like I talked about in the intro, you um, you have another job outside of the comic book store. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully I say this right, business development executive. Is that sure. correct? That's absolutely right, yeah. At Lightspeed. Mm-hmm. Um, or Lightspeed HQ, however you want to say that, which is a, a point-of-sale solution, an e-commerce solution for restaurants, retailers, um, across the board. And, and it's one that, you know, in full disclosure, that I've worked with for, for several years in a different role of mine. So because of that, you have a unique perspective that I'd love to highlight more today. So there's plenty that we could talk about yeah. about your business. We could go into the successful partnerships or the things that you've done to grow your business. But what I'd love to do is highlight how you've used technology in your business to grow over the last six years. I think that technology is an area that a lot of independent retailers are very intimidated by. It's so hard um, I know that you do sales for software, but if I'm honest, like it, it can be a hard thing because it seems like every salesperson of every point of sale has the one solution that an independent retailer needs to succeed. Yeah. And if you don't have that solution because of this one particular thing they do well, you're going to fail. And that, that can be intimidating to really sift through the sales pitches of various companies. But like what, what I like about you and why I'm glad that we're chatting is you have a unique perspective because you are a retailer and you don't just talk about it and then not experience it. You, you have to really see what works and what doesn't for your own business. What is an example of a technology that you've put in place that really has helped grow your business? Getting back to what we just talked about, you know, the, the bookstore space is competitive. And even though that customer interaction, you know, buying in store has a huge advantage over buying online at the end of the day, like algorithms will only get better. 
and there are things that are going to force you to have to up your game year over year after year. Um, what are some of the things that you've put in place that have allowed you to, to offer a unique experience past just the good recommendation from a conversation a week ago? Yeah. And that's a question I think that I can address with just a couple different stories about how we've done it too. I'm a, I'm a big fan of trying to uh, tell people kind of like what's going on based on a story in a real event. Yeah. So I'm going to use a few different stories to just kind of illustrate that. Um, and I, I actually really, really love one of the things that you are kind of hitting on. Technology can replace so much of what we do, like either as a business owner or just someone in their day to day. But what it's really, really good for is just giving you space to deal with the things that are important, right? And that's how we view technology at our store. So if it's easy for me to call all of my customers when I've got 50 customers, I have to think about what it's going to be like when I have 5,000 customers, you know? And that's where technology for us has been a real saving grace. We've used it to make sure that we have the space to take care of the other important things and then to examine other opportunities. I mentioned before that we sell to libraries. You know, my store is located in Quebec in Canada. To sell to libraries is like a two or three year application process. That doesn't come easy, but we wouldn't have been able to go through the process if it weren't for technology. Okay, and that's yeah. one of the things that's really helped us survive as a business in a vertical that seems to be trending downwards. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's, I think it's uh, like a work ethic we've had since we began, you know? And so the first kind of way that technology's helped us is that, uh, you know, from my introduction, we talked about how we were four friends that really started a business. We were incredibly scared, and I think a lot of people are scared to go into business with friends. You know, they always say like, yeah. <laughs> be wary, like don't go into business with anyone you love, stuff like that. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to do almost like a trial version of our store and, and see how we work together. So what we did was we launched a website about a year before we opened. And we branded it like a website that's going to focus on local comic book news. That's it. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and what we did is we went to other stores and we said, hey, would you like to promote our website? We focus on this and that. We went to conventions, we sold products and we said like, hey, we're taking the money from these sales to promote our website, our website, our website. And really what we were doing is we were testing to see if we could work well together. So we were testing to see if we could write articles, meet deadlines, do research, basically everything. But our second purpose was that when we did convert it to a store, all of these customers from the area that have been coming to our website for news, we can now say, hey, you like our news, you like our website, why don't you come to our store? It's opening this date. This is our grand opening event. And so our grand opening like, was crazy. You know, we, we had our point of sale ready. We had everything ready. We took the time to set it all up. But I think that uh, on our opening day, we had something like 800 people walk through our doors, which is insane. It was way more than we could expect. That is incredible. You know, so you figured out this, this really good partnership. And you, you said that you like, launched with, with some of this technology in place. And I know that you had a background in it. But like, what did it look like for you to find the right things like when you were launching how did you actually get the right tools in place in the very beginning yeah uh, you mentioned st sifting through different sales pitches right and we had to do that a lot so what we did while we were preparing we kind of created a laundry list of things that we thought we would need you know and we checked that off as time went by it could be anything like everything a retailer needs has to work you can't open up a store and then say you know i forgot the lights you can't open up a store mm -hmm. and say, I forgot to stock the shelves. Like it all has to be there in one way or another. And uh, one thing that we did is we looked for just local groups that could help young entrepreneurs. We found one called Yes Montreal that does 
purely volunteer work for people that are trying to start a business. All right. And so we, we found a mentor there. We picked a mentor that was focused in accounting because that's where we were weak and we weren't afraid to say that. And so we went, we got an accounting mentor. He helped us tremendously. And we wouldn't have found Yes Montreal if it weren't for being able to just look, look them up online. When we went to them, though, they asked, what have you done so far? You know, And so we showed them our business plan, our list of things that we wanted to accomplish, when we wanted to accomplish them by. And they were impressed just with the fact that we had put this all together. But for us, it wasn't even about putting in the work. It was about fear of failure. You know, We didn't want to put our heart into something and loop our friends and family into the, the hype to have it close a year later. Yeah, so you, you got these tools in place and you were able to have a successful launch. Um, and, and then getting to today, mm-hmm. um, you know, before we, were, before we started recording, you were telling me a few of the cool things that you're doing now um, that are helping you prepare for the future. One of the things that you mentioned that I really like is the way that you're using loyalty. Um, yep. So what does that look like for you? Yeah, for us, we're in a space that is competitive. And I think that anyone who thinks they're in a space that's not competitive is incorrect. You know, people can take their $20 and buy a comic from us or buy a comic from somewhere else that sells comics. But in reality, that money can be spent anywhere. It doesn't have to be like our competitor is not always a bookstore. You know what I mean? It's we're vying for their entertainment dollars. And that's something that we had to realize really, really early on. And so we started doing research into loyalty and started trying to figure out how do we get people back? And so what we started doing is going to other stores and seeing if they had a loyalty program. A shocking amount of them had nothing in place to reward long-term customers. And so that's where we were like, number one, this is our differentiator the day we launch. Okay. So anyone that comes in the, into our store gets offered entry into this free program. Mm-hmm. right? And due to that, we've really, really never had to like, proactively try to find new customers because it creates such a strong word of mouth. You know, we still do advertising. We still do proactively go. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. But this has created such a strong base and such like a fervent like fan group for us that it's crazy. When uh, just this weekend at our six year anniversary, I had people coming in and I'd pull up their account and I'd see like account number 13, account number 30. Like These are people that came in the day we opened that are strangers to me other than the fact that they come to my store. And now I've seen them go from 12 years old to 18 years old. And that's a huge difference to be a part of someone's ideas about what the world is and to kind of shape it through their literature as they grow up. It's amazing for us. <laughs> it's but, intimidating. <laughs> well, it, it's amazing, but it's also financially rewarding, you know, of course. because they're not going elsewhere. And so for us, having a loyalty program in place, hugely important. I think a, a percentage, like a very, very large percentage of people will only go to a store once and we've done everything we can do to minimize that. Yeah. So like, what's an example of, um, like, are they getting coupon codes? Are they getting, um, discounts? Are they getting events? Are they getting access? Like what, what, what are, what's a way? I know there's probably a lot of that. I don't want you to give all your secrets, but what's something that you guys do that's unique? Yeah. So discounting is one thing for sure. So people that are members of our program get a discount. Um, and then we sprinkle in a, a good amount of surprise for them. We're always trying to figure out how to keep our customers on their toes, and we don't want them to expect, oh, you know, there's always going to be an anniversary sale that will look like this, you know. So mm-hmm. we don't want to. We want to manage our customers' expectations without leading them to to guess what we're going to do next. So we use our reward program to determine who our best clients are. We use it to de- determine who our best clients were that are no longer coming back, right? And so we target the people that have lapsed either in their visits or we target the people that are really, really rewarding us to make sure that they keep coming back. 
And recently we've started to do a little bit more for customers that we only saw two or three times, but that had promise. And without a smart like computer system behind it, it would have been impossible for us to track this kind of stuff. Sure. So these are a ton of cool ways that you're using technology. Um, but how else? Like they're, you know, beyond, you know, plugins for things like loyalty or whatever. Um, like what's a good example of something else, you know, beyond the obvious? Like there's the stuff that we could talk about, like the way you track your purchasing or create open to buy from certain reports. Like those things are great. And there's plenty of other episodes that we'll, we'll get into that stuff. But what what I'm loving about this conversation is the way that I feel like there's just such a unique approach to the way that you're doing that. Like what's something else that you're doing that allows you to use technology to engage your customers or grow your business? Yeah, that that's a good question. The one thing that we do that I know no other store does is we'll reach out to a lot of artists in our area to see if they want to participate in like a bookmark program. And so artists can design one half of our bookmark, which we'll use instead of a business card. This is like business cards are an old technology. Bookmarks are functional, but basically the same thing. So we kind of put our own seal on it. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we opened ourselves, like as a store to get um, just information and to get drawings from people in the area, we accidentally kind of opened ourselves up to a lot of other things. So on our website, you can clearly see our contact information. It's a nice, clean area for you to go. And now whenever there's anything comic book related, we end up getting a really, really good result for like Montreal comic books. We end up getting a really good result for anything like uh, Google. So our SEO is really, really on mm-hmm. point. And now because we're open, we get contacted by news organizations when they're doing a story about Montreal comics. We get contacted by people who are asking about comic book movies right? Um, whenever there was an, a writer that came to our store about three or four years ago that was visiting from the New York Times, just doing an article on the neighborhood. And when they Googled the neighborhood, we showed up. So we were featured in the New York Times, which is crazy. Like there's nothing, yeah. we absolutely have done nothing to deserve that other than be there, be available and be friendly. And I think that goes a really, really long way. People, especially business owners, they get overburdened by so much. And then they tend to like cut off communication on things that aren't absolutely essential. And I would say avoid that as much as you can because sure. the opportunities present themselves and there are little added bonuses that come out of nowhere. Another really, really great story I love, there's this uh, person that lives near our store. His name is Chris Staros. Chris opened and, and ran one of the biggest publishing, you know, comic book publishers in Canada, this company named Drawn and Quarterly, and they do amazing, beautiful books. And he owns, or is at least part owner, of a comic book store in Montreal that sells their books. It's a drawn and quarterly. But he lives near our store. And he comes into our store because his kids find that we have cool stuff for kids. And his store is all adult stuff. So he was asked by Air Canada magazine. It's this magazine called En Route. And Air Canada is just like an in-flight magazine, but it's a pretty yeah. big one. He was asked by them what his favorite store in the city was for comic books. And he said, our store. This is a guy that owns a publishing house, owns a store. <laughs> And when asked, in my mind, probably pretty much gave the wrong answer. And I know he took a lot of flack from it, from his colleagues, but it's the exact same thing. Like whenever people come in, we're so warm and welcome with them. And then online, we really, really follow up. If you can just be very attentive to that online aspect and really put yourself out there, it's scary, but rewarding. Yeah. It's just, it's so important to stay on point when it, when it comes yeah. to your customer service in person from the second they walk in the door to the second they leave to the reviews they leave um, and the way that you engage those. And I, I love the way that you've become a, an expert 
from the sense of the content that you're putting out there, that's, that's such a brilliant way to grow a business. And I think that whether that is a retailer doing something from the fashion side of things and how, to, how do you help someone curate a wardrobe beyond selling them something, what can they do to have a better wardrobe? Um, or if you're an interior decorator, like what are some home tips yeah. that you can do? I mean, there, there are such easy ways that even if you aren't in um, geek chic <laughs> that you can apply. Yeah. Um, I think t- even just to add one really important thing, anytime you're using technology, make sure there's a purpose. Don't just implement something because you think it's cool. Like when we were starting our website before we opened, the purpose was to figure out if we could work together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When we were putting in a loyalty program, our purpose was to use our loyalty program to highlight areas of the store we wanted to boost. So for example, a lot of the rewards and stuff that we have now are tailored towards giving people free entry into events that we host. Why? Because we want to raise our attendance. We want the events to seem more populated. So we're using loyalty to now pump up a part of the business that we're intending to grow in, right? And, and mm-hmm. just having loyalty is not enough if, if you can't figure out what you want out of it. So if you can't figure out what your goal is, it's going to be tough to use technology because you're going to have all these great tools with nothing to build with them. I want to use that as a really good transition um, because I completely agree with that every tool has to have a purpose. And um, I actually believe the this piece is, is on the, the non-member side of our website. Um, it, we have a, in our launch guide a kind of the a piece of content that helps guide people through what's essential versus non-essential in launching a business um, and you know the the number one thing that i say is essential i guess i say like n- up there with accounting like <laughs> you need an accounting suite it's obvious um but i say that point of sale and inventory control which are, are kind of synonymous with one another normally um it is like high 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 priority you can't you can't today launch a retail business without something in place. Um, so you, how long have you been with Lightspeed? I've been working with Lightspeed. It'll be two years next month in November. Okay. So, so you've been here a little bit, um, you know, as a retailer, like what was it about Lightspeed that drew you, drew you here? I mean, there, there's other options. I mean, this is Canada. Shopify is based here. Um, you can go across the border and there's <laughs> there's a ton of other options where you could work with retailers and help them grow their business. What was it about Lightspeed that was so unique that made you want to come here? Yeah, in one word, culture, <laughs> but in, in many, many other words, like I just love the idea that the whole company at Lightspeed is dedicated towards making cities interesting and vibrant through offering a diversity of tools for retailers that wouldn't have had these tools or options otherwise. Some of the stuff and some of the tools that we offer at Lightspeed are just, they feel enterprise level. Like you think that you would have to be a big box store to have access to them. And we're willing to really bend over backwards to make it work for a store that's being opened tomorrow by one person with barely any technical Mm know-how. And I think for me, that's so exciting because I think of our company where we were, Crossover Comics, six years ago. And if we had found Lightspeed back then, it would have been like going into business with a partner that already knew what they were doing, you know, and it's scary to go into business. And when you have someone there supporting you, whether it's through support, like 24 seven support, whether it's through technology, it's just very, very refreshing. And I think businesses that make smart choices in year one, obviously are way more likely to survive, but they're more likely to be open for those other opportunities that I was talking about early on. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of take some of the most complicated parts of your business. You trust it to someone that knows what they're doing. And then that frees you up to pursue 
the interest that you had when you first opened the business, whether it's passion talking about books, you know, whether it's clothing and figuring out what people want to wear. Like yeah. those, nobody goes into business because they love, well, sorry, no one opens a retail store because they love software. Oh, for sure. That's not, um, I don't think that that's, no one that we talk to is like, I really want to use a point of sale. <laughs> I think I'm going to open a retail store. So I can do um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so what, you know, you, you get to talk to retailers every day as well. Yep. Like what are some of, like, even if they don't know what they're looking for, what are the th- the needs that you hear on a regular basis that you get to address and that you, if you were to encourage them, whether they're going to go with Lightspeed or not, mm-hmm. um, what are the things that you would say, hey, like when you're choosing a POS system and when you're looking for a way to control inventory, um, th- like these three things or these two, three, four things are really like the the big, like you, you got to have this. If, if you don't have this, you might as well just use pen and paper. Yeah. So for, uh, we could break it down into two buckets, like new businesses or existing businesses, but I think the fundamentals, they're the same, okay? For sure. So number one, you have to have your inventory at your fingertips. You have to always, if you're a business owner, you have to know exactly what you have, where it is, how much you paid for it, what it costs to replace it, if it can even be replaced. And I think that a lot of new businesses don't think of those like little details, the minutia. They think that they will just need something to process sales and that's it, mm-hmm. Right. And that goes back to having a customer once versus having them 10 times. Because if the customer comes in and buys something and leaves, that's one thing. If you're doing any kind of special order for them, if they come back and they have questions about other products available from that brand, if they come back and they want to know if they can reorder another one because they loved what they bought so much, they want to gift it away, and it takes you forever to find these answers, they will go shop online. They will go shop at your competitor. They will spend their money on coffee instead of books. Like, yeah, you totally. have to have your inventory at your fingertips, and you have to know the product really well. Yeah, when it still helps. Yeah, I think with that, if I'm going to add to it, I think the biggest thing that I see again and again is is retailers launching thinking that they're going to be able to feel their success because it's chances are like when you launch, you can tag all your stuff, put some prices on it. And you you rang it all up. Like you don't need a computer system to tell you what sold. You know exactly what sold. Um, but you just went into like a lot of nuances of of things that without an inventory management tool, you have no way of knowing. Like how long did you have it? Remembering exactly what you paid for it, being able to look at your credit card statement and then find a purchase order that matches it. Like there's all these things yeah. that without a, a POS, you just can't. No, and actually, a lot of stores I talk to um, here and then just other business owners I meet day in, day out through virtue of owning the store, tell, they tell me that when they launch, they bought a lot of inventory probably on credit, and they don't realize that something they bought for $5 that they've now had sitting on their shelves for two years, if you add in the interest, like this is an item that it now is costs them $15, really, if you look at it. And yeah. so it's just this crazy idea that any dollar you're putting in you have to get a return on investment on it almost immediately. And it's really, really hard to do that without smart buying. You know, you have to know what you're stocking. And even our business, we opened in October, 2012. In the world of comic books, you got to do a lot of your ordering three months in advance. Okay. So we were doing our final ordering for Christmas in September, which was a month before we opened. And we were trying to gauge how successful we would be. Should we have 10 copies of this book or should we have two, you know? And like we would have no idea if we're successful or not if we weren't tracking it. And that's the thing too. Like 
you can have a business that does a million dollars in sales, but your overhead and your inventory costs you one and a half million dollars. You've lost half a million dollars. You can have a lemonade stand, make 200 bucks over a year, and you're a more profitable enterprise, mm-hmm. right? So think about that when you're opening a, a business. If you're going to be able to work with that, and you're going to be able to turn a profit on whatever it is you're doing and give yourself the best chance at success. Doing everything yourself is not the best chance because you might be an expert in your area, but you're not an expert in inventory management. You're not an expert in accounting, you know? So if you want to succeed, really lean on the things that are out there. And this is the best time to do it. It's a globalized world. We can contact people anywhere and ask them questions, ask them for advice. And we did, you know, when we were opening, we emailed stores we liked like across the world. We're just like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. How are you doing? Like I couldn't have done that without email technology. I couldn't have done that without a computer. You know, it's great. Yeah. And so, you know, getting back to my original question. So, um, of the things that people should be looking for, um, you know, you talked about having your inventory at your fingertips, which I completely agree. I could go on and on and in other episodes I do. (laughs) Um, but in this one, I'll, I'll let you be the one that goes on and on. Um, (laughs) but like what else would you say are like the important things that, that someone should consider in choosing a POS tool? Well, for inventory, to, just to put that one to bed, like you have to have something that lets you track your profitability or it's impossible. Um, nowadays, you really have to have a point of sale that helps you track your customers, right? That's something that I don't think was really in place 20, 30 years ago. Like a store that was really good 20 or 30 years ago was good because they knew your name. And I call that, like when I talk to people about it, I call it the cheers effect. Everybody knows your name. It's yeah. great, right? You know, you don't have to remember everyone's name if you have a system where you can write it down and search it easily and even just pull reports on your best customers, you know? So beyond inventory, track the people that are coming in to get your inventory, track your customers and don't do it for your, just to track them do it because you're giving them a better service. Like when our customers come in, I know exactly what they bought because I can see it. I know what they like. I know what they don't like, you know, and having that at my fingertips is amazing because it is also shared between me and my colleagues. Yeah. yeah that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the last thing, as we talk a little bit about Lightspeed, um, is a two-sided question. Sure. Um, you know, I think a lot of the people that are listening to us are, are either launching or they're, they're trying to turn their business around. Um, and a POS might be a part of what they're considering. And, you know, I think we both know that, like, point of sale is not one-size-fits-all. <laughs> um, Lightspeed's not perfect for everyone. It, you know, who who is someone that... Who's like the ideal person, the ideal business to use it, both from an industry or from a workflow standpoint? And then who's someone that that, that might not be the right fit for that sure. should probably look look at other solutions? Yeah, great question. So with Lightspeed, anyone that has any real inventory concerns, I think is a lot of times a great fit. People that you know pay for their product up front, gets in the store, and then they sell it. I think that's fantastic, right? So from a vertical-based perspective let's say clothing bikes computers hard goods pretty much anything hard good um, where we start to see lightspeed being less effective is things where they're primarily service-based and a lot of times looking more for potentially like a scheduling tool mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of like a hair salon kind of thing yeah hair salon uh some place that would maybe just offers some sort of home service you never really know and i think that you know, one of the great things about being alive right now is anyone can open up any kind of business, <laughs> but you, you nailed it. Like it's not one size fits all. Right. I think that Lightspeed as a company does a good job at really only pushing forward clients that are able to use the software, but there's a lot of them out there that might want something like Lightspeed, but it's not a good fit and they don't know what they're looking for. So I'd say service based is tough. Yeah. 
No, I think that's good. Um, so what I would love to do, it, I am so thankful that you spent some time with us today. Um, I'd love to give you like two minutes yeah. to, um, gosh, this is a, a, a double set, so you can have three if you need it. Um, feel free to sell the comic book store. Feel free to sell that business, but you know, go ahead and offer your pitch um, <laughs> of Lightspeed and why should people look at Lightspeed over um, some of the other tools that we've hosted on the show, um, so the other ones that we mentioned on the website, why is Lightspeed the best one, and sure. why is your store the one that people should buy their nerd things from? <laughs> Let's do the easy one first, okay? So Lightspeed, all right? So <laughs> when I came to this company, I didn't know what I expected to find, uh, and what I found was passion. Like The people that work here truly are passionate about retail. For the average person looking to buy a point of sale, that doesn't matter right? We bring our passion, they bring their passion, the tool has to actually work, right? And so the whole Lightspeed pitch, I'd say it's just focused around the fact that we want you to have as complete of a solution as possible. And we want to be there when it's going well for your business. And we really, really, really want to be there when it's going poorly for your business, because we want to be the people that you lean on in order to bring yourself back up. And that's where Lightspeed really, really steps in. I just think that we're passionate about it. And it shows through pretty much everything that we do. When it comes down to crossover comics, Passion's also going to be there, but we've built uh, a really safe and a really re- rewarding place for people to visit. We've got like a fantastic kids section, which is for some reason forgotten about in almost every comic book store nowadays. It's really sad. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. And the, I'm 33. The people that stop in a lot of times are around my age. They have kids. They come with their parents who are in their 50s and 60s. Like There has to be something that kind of appeals to everybody. And whether you have a dollar or $200, we'll find you something. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, so there's a a few takeaways that I want to send people with that are important. Um, One thing that he mentioned that I love is the idea that technology is designed to give space for you to deal with what's important. Um, I think an important thing to remember is that technology should never be the center of your business. Um, The center of your business is your customer and the product that you're providing to them. That is everything. And all other tools, whether your sales channels, your employees, your physical space, your online space, whatever that is, is centered around that. And so what I want to encourage you to do is take that and, and find ways that you can optimize your technology to allow you to, to remove yourself from it. So instead of having to spend hours tracking down complicated reports, using technology in a way that can give you that, that type of information easily. The other one that I thought you brushed over it, but um, was about how you had this list of the things that you needed that a retail store had to have. Um, and you know we have resources on our site designed around this, but um, something that's so important is this idea of what's called a request for proposal. Um, an RFP is like the technical term. And that's like an enterprise way of saying a list of what you need. And as you are going to tools like Lightspeed, have, go in with a list of like, what are the priorities for the business? And I'm not talking dumb things of like, we want the picture to show up somewhere or, you know, we need a camera that's going to capture pictures of our customers when they don't know what's happening or something creepy. Um, I'm talking like it needs to have purchase orders. For example, like if you're going to be ordering inventory for your customers on a one-by-one basis, meaning like a unique item or something that you know you have a certain size and they want something else and you're going to be special ordering that, you need a tool that does special orders. The one major thing that you can do to damage your business 
is assume that just because it's a retail software that it does all the retail things that you need. So make that list and ask. Now, it's quite possible that some of the things on your list might not exist. Um, there might not be tools that accomplish all of them, but going and knowing what's going to be good and then also what's going to be hard. If nothing's perfect, go in and find a way to know what's going to be hard going into your business. And then the last thing that you did that I really liked was that you that you had a mentor and resources that helped guide your business, that you worked with Yes Montreal. You know, we try not to be super salesy of us, but that really is what we're setting out to do, is to provide resources for independent retailers, exclusively just independent retailers, to learn how to either launch a business that makes sense and that, that, that can grow and be profitable or that can scale up. You know, we have worked with people over the years that are using Lightspeed and I, I'm really thankful that you chatted with me. I know that Lightspeed's a phenomenal software and you guys are growing super fast. Quickly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> very quickly. Um, and that, But that growth has been earned and, and it's a great tool and I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. It's my pleasure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I can just add one thing too, that what you mentioned about Yes Montreal, I have a great amount of affinity for the whole mentor-mentee system. I, pretty much every city that has like a business bureau or a merchants association or anything related to retail will find someone for you that you can talk to. And like, yes, Montreal helped us get going. And now I, I'm a mentor there as well. And I That's love it. Awesome. It's like the most rewarding thing that I do because I get to be a part of other people's dreams and then just see how they change and evolve. But, um, find people that have done it before and lean yeah. on them. Cause anyone that's been successful, I find a lot of times is willing to share. For sure. And, and for those that have been, uh, that have been in retail a bit, I think it can be easy to get intimidated by like the young people getting involved, but realizing that it, that it can be like a rising tide rises all ships. Yeah. Right. That's great. And that you can help young people that are getting into it or old people that are getting into it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but if you've been in it a bit, um, you're almost always ahead of where somebody is. And so whether that's you launching and needing to ask for help, whether that's through us at Retail Initiative or that's going to your local chamber of commerce um, or just finding a retail store that you admire and, and saying, asking if you could have coffee with the owner, whatever that is, I think that's great. But on the flip side of that, if you've been in retail any amount of time, even if you've been doing it a year, there's someone who's launching that has a million questions that you have answers to. Yep. And I, I think that's a, a phenomenal point to bring up. Um, so I thank you for listening today. Um, this has been a lot of fun chatting with Lightspeed. Um, if you have any questions, um, feel free to reach out to us. You can reach out to Lightspeed at lightspeedhq.com um, or you can go to retailinitiative.com slash Lightspeed um, where we'll have links to a few of the things that we talked about today like some links to like the loyalty program and we'll just kind of consolidate some of the pieces for you. But um, lightspeedhq.com is where you can check them out. And of course you can visit us at retailinitiative.com. If you aren't already, please subscribe um, and come by and say hi on our website or make sure you join our private Facebook groups. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day.